Um, welcome to Nerding Casually, the show where we test our fight or flight responses. As always, I'm joined by Dan. Dan, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm just happy that I don't have any spiders crawling all over me. <laughs> <laughs> you might get lucky and like bit, get bit by a radioactive spider, become your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh, that would be the ultimate. But the thing is, it wouldn't do me any good because there's no skyscrapers out here. So where my land, my web stick and land? Uh, have you been to North Carolina during the fall? There's <laughs> what, the, spiders have no problems with webs around here. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Pine trees make up for uh, for tall buildings. I'll be saving the forest animals. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's another week where we uh, we've watched uh, Supergirl. Um, mm-hmm. We got back together because we couldn't uh, meet last week because of working and all that fun stuff. But. Uh, we're gonna get into that and uh, talk about uh, the end of Archer. Oh, and we're gonna also uh, nerd out as well. Um, let's start with uh, just how you felt about this episode of Supergirl. Yeah, so I took some notes. Nice. Um, I gotta say, if it's one thing that I really like, it's the banter between Cat Grant and Kara. Mm. I just think it's it's really funny how uh, it's it's almost like I get a JD slash Doctor Cox mentorship. So why don't we jump into this first? I'll read the uh, the synopsis for the episode, and then mm-hmm. uh, we'll get into your thoughts How about that. Sounds good. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so the synopsis is from CBS. On for this one, it's one of Superman's enemies is gunning for Supergirl, whose powers are tested when the formidable Reactron re- arrives in National City. At the same time, Cap plans to run an expose on the young hero. I have to say, just I I think I think. Uh, <laughs> I've been listening to the West Wing Weekly, which is a good recap for like all the West Wing shows. And midway through the first season, they decided to make their own synopsis. And I think after reading that, I'm going to do the same. Oh yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like. It wasn't until I read it for like the fifth time now that I'm like, that's actually a really shitty synopsis for this episode. Because <laughs> there's there's so much like there's things that you could get like more like detail or not detail necessarily, but more like ways to pique somebody's interest in it mm-hmm. than that. That sounds like somebody who's like writing like. The shittiest of Chris uh, g- g- uh, greeting cards just wrote that like <laughs> in their off times. Man, I got I got to get lunch in five minutes, and you know, Karen from accounting, she's gonna be there, so I really want to impress her. So what can I just shit out here? Something that? something Supergirl, something <laughs> something Cat, something something Reaction, <laughs> Young Hero, good to go, good to go. Let's go to Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, now that I've interrupted you fully, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I thought it was I. I it's starting to really. I, I just like this show so much. It uh, it's definitely just like that breath of fresh air. I really like this whole relationship between Cat Grant and Kara going on. You know, I always, I get a sense it's like JD and Doctor Cox from Scrubs. Yeah, I, I really like that uh, the mentorship they have going on there. Um, I, I think that's an interesting relationship with them, especially like comparing it to the. There's a real difference in power dynamic with Cat and Kara versus. Cat and Supergirl, mm-hmm. um, Supergirl who actually like uses her 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 I don't know the proper name for it right now. I'm blanking on it, but her heat vision essentially yeah. to like strike it, not strike at at Cat, but like say, hey, I am to be like to be you know respected. I am right. formidable. Like don't don't play with me. Um, where Kara is very passive or or beta in mm-hmm. the sense that she's like, well, do you think this is a good idea or do you think this is what, you know, Supergirl meant when she had this conversation? And I know mm-hmm. part of that is, you know, you don't want to reveal that you're Supergirl. Of course. But another part of it, like, I think if you had a, a character that was different, um, they would be completely open and, okay, maybe not exactly to Cap, but would, they would be open to saying, 
I, I read this transcript. I, I actually transcribed it for you. That's not what she said. Yeah. I, I just I like that that change in power dynamic between Cat and Supergirl and, and Super and Car and Supergirl Cat. Uh, you know what I just thought of, and not to jump ahead on topic, <laughs> but could you imagine if Archer was? Superman? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be like Tony Stark revealing himself as Iron Man. Right. Like that'd be happen. That would happen at the end of the first episode. <laughs> It's like, and I am Superman. I can just imagine his mom going, because not every superhero tells every harlot from here to Hanoi that he's a superhero. <laughs> then why be one? <laughs> that is funny you mentioned that, though, because in this episode, so actually, Superman gets out at twice. Yeah. One, as Supergirl's cousin to Cat, yeah. um, which is a headline for like half of a day, and then... Wynn finds out that Clark Kent is Superman. Yeah. And I loved how they handled that because for you and me, for, for the audience, we know Clark Kent is Superman. Of course. So we're not really surprised. But like mm-hmm. seeing somebody react to it, like it doesn't get old. It's like in Doctor Who when somebody gets in the TARDIS for the first time, they're like, it's bigger on the inside. Clark Kent Superman hold like I'm sure if this was like on HBO or Netflix he'd probably have like a five minute stream of like just uh, obscenities but you know it, I just loved how they handled it in this you know yeah yeah no I thought that was pretty funny uh, you know just one of those things you know it makes you wonder how many uh, how car how many more times cars going to compromise Clark's identity <laughs> That wasn't Kara's fault, though. That was that straight was up true. James. That was, yeah, that or was, Jimmy. That was Jimmy's fault. I feel like I shouldn't call him James because that's what he wants to be called, but I, I feel wrong calling him James. Yeah, no, this Yeah, this is... Uh, I mean, even Zack Snyder had the, the decency to call him Jimmy, so yeah. we, we need to call him Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that Zack, Zack Snyder got right about Jimmy Olsen's character is his name. It's his name. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, going back, because I know we're going to be doing this comparison for as long as we talk about Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Going back to just... I, another thing I think I've said three weeks in, or three episodes in a row now... Mm-hmm. I love how we get to know the characters in this show. Mm-hmm. And it's we we get to find what drives Supergirl in a way that we didn't get that from Superman and Man of Steel of and, yeah. and and uh, Batman versus Superman. And I, I hope we're not doing a disservice by having that conversation, but like I, I feel like it's just we get that where we wouldn't have got we didn't get in the movies. And I, I just mm-hmm. love that about this show. Yeah. You know, it's so funny for me that you that you mentioned that. Um I always, like so far I love seeing just Kara as Kara and not <laughs> Supergirl because she's just like this so like nervous, anxious beta person and like she's cute in everything that she does like from her facial expressions to the things that she says like I like I, I don't want to sound like, you know, like male like a male chauvinist pig or whatever. That's but not she's the thing, the but. girl next door character. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, she's she's cute, she's fun to watch. Um and then and and it's really interesting just to see her dynamic go from uh, as you mentioned earlier, from, you know, cute, you know, passive to I'm in charge. Uh, this is what's going to what's going to go down. And so I think that's really going to be an interesting dynamic to to explore as the show goes on to see. I'm assuming that Su- Supergirl and Cat Grant will be meeting more often. I could be wrong, but it'll be interesting to see just how and especially with Supergirl in the back playing, you know, the, the in the backseat with uh, with uh, Hank Henshaw, just to see if she's going to, um, you know, go toe to toe with Hank Henshaw and try yeah. to be put in charge. Yeah, I, I think one thing that I found interesting 
speaking of her Supergirl taking charge mm-hmm. was that you in the beginning of the episode Hank was like we're not going to deal with Reactron he's a human mm-hmm. he's outside the DO authority we're not going to play with it mm-hmm. and you know Supergirl was you know she eventually got her way in that right I'm saying like he's not a normal threat he's not you know cops and robbers mm-hmm. type of threat he's something that Superman has dealt with and nearly died with mm-hmm. died for so I think this is something that would be a DO responsibility and I like that she actually she ended up getting her way in that, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's a great example of how you know headstrong she is versus Cat and or not Cat but Kara. Mm-hmm. And excuse me, another thing that I, I was taking away from that was the fact that you have she had that speech where she was sent to Earth to save Superman, and, and mm-hmm. this episode is really that question it was like, okay, what happens if Supergirl gets in and over her head? Mm-hmm. Um, and she made the comment, it was like, well, when Clark was here, when he was growing up and he became Superman, he didn't have her mm-hmm. to watch over him. And nobody would swing in to save Superman if something happened to him. So why mm-hmm. should she should expect the same? Um, and I think it's just an interesting question because originally the plan was Kara goes to protect Clark and, you know, they grow up together. Yeah, yeah. And instead, you know, they get sidetracked and... yeah. Well, and Car ends up in the negative zone, so. Though I would like to see, I'm sure that universe exists, I'm sure that comic book exists out there, where Supergirl, I guess at that point would be Superwoman, mm-hmm. lands on Earth, and you get Superwoman protecting Earth for X amount of years oh, until then, Superboy or Superman shows up. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting to see. I, I, would, I would read that. Yeah. I would watch that TV, sh- TV show, actually. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Could you imagine just a Clark Kent? I could just imagine, like, I'm sick of living in my cousin's shadow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go, like, go to the gym and work out. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, some we talked about some things that we liked. Um, what's the thing you didn't like then? The super cave man. <laughs> oh, the uh, the the uh, <laughs> the actual uh, the actual. Uh, I can't remember the name of that guy's title, but oh yeah, yeah, the uh, director actuary, of, the actuary, the actuary yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, I I can I'm I'm suspending disbelief. Okay, I can I can see them that I can see Kara joining up with a government agency to to police extraterrestrials, mm-hmm. but the. But her and Jimmy and Wynn skipping out every, you know, 30 minutes to go to the super cave up, upstairs, like, that's going to be a little... With Cat Grant as, as you know, as close as... As meticulous as Cat Grant is to ma- having Kara make sure that everything, all her I's and T's are dotted and crossed, I don't think that... I think it's going to... Just in the real world, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. And kind of one of the things that I just was... When, when I saw that was, all right, Arrow can have a super he can have an arrow cave because it's a it's a play on batman and it's kind of that's mm-hmm. kind of how he set it up mm-hmm. flash can have a super can have a can have an, a flash cave because he is basically a project of star star labs star industries and and dr uh harrison wells is of course working with the flash and he's got the team but when it comes to supergirl and superman superman's never had an, a type of super cave that i'm aware of well aside from the fortress yeah aside from the fortress of yeah. solitude 
But still, I mean, like... Which is the ultimate cave. It, yeah, Let's be honest. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> him and Batman literally have caves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that was something just for me that I was like, okay, okay. We, we, gotta, we gotta take a step back from this tech team here. Yeah. That, uh, that every superhero has to have backing them up. You know, hacking into the mainframe, tracing... Tracing nuclear uh, <laughs> signatures and, and half-lives. It's like, yeah. okay, come on. Superman, all he does, he flies up into the sky, puts on a supervision, or super hearing, hears someone in distress, boom, he's helping him out. He doesn't need some kind of forensic software to track down where the latest three-car pileup happens. Yeah. So, um, I, and I, I guess, you know, it's this is still time for Supergirl to develop her powers, but it's like... All right, guys, come on. Let's get let's. This, this is starting to become a tire trope. Let's get above this. So I have two responses for that. Okay. First, kind of joking. It's essentially a CW show. I know first season was CBS, but it's a CW show. Right. I feel like that's to be expected. <laughs> um, second, kind of semi-serious, still kind of a joke. Um, I think part of it is that, I mean, do you really want Superman flying into the air and listening to every conversation? It's a, it's the same question you get in the Dark Knight is like, oh, you know, yeah. is that you know does he deserve to have that power? Like, who really like should have that power? Mm-hmm. Do you really? I mean, Superman, yeah, he's for truth, justice, the American way. But like, do you really want him to see what's going on in every building or hear what's going on in every building? I would counter that by <laughs> saying he's going up there to search for people to help and not people that he's going to you know try to. Yeah, but him. what if he mishears something and he thinks it's a bad thing or a threat and it's not? Think about that scenario. I said our safe word. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and now some like some like couple is just or is just getting like having their day like completely screwed up because Superman didn't hear them say the safe word. <laughs> All right. All right. That's where the DEO tech team comes to comes to help you out, man. I, that would be the ultimate if in an episode, <laughs> Supergirl's like, they, like they're bugging her on the earpiece. I'm gonna go. No, 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 no. Trust me. Like you don't need to save this couple. It's Wednesday night. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, it's BDSM night. Like we, we we know through NSA that this is this, their, their normal activities. I, I would want that. That should be an episode of Robot Chicken. That that's what, that needs to be an episode of Robot Chicken. <laughs> the safe word is Lex Luthor. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, how do you feel about Maxwell Lord? I don't know. Um, he's definitely, mm, I'd say, he's kind of slimy right now because he was like, "That scientist is a dope compared to me." Uh, <laughs> so you should kidnap me. Like, who wants to be kidnapped? <laughs> like, this dude just comes in. Like, this train needs to be on schedule. Uh, you know, and and he just and Reactron just comes in and you know makes a hole in Lord's ceiling and he's like, no, take me with you. Like that was kind of a little fishy to me, but I think I get a vibe that he's, uh, and that whole cliche dance between him and, and cat, which is, that was kind of a little yeah. painful to watch, <laughs> but you know, I, I get, I get the vibe that he's, uh, he's not, I don't want to say he's playing for the good guys right now. Yeah. I, I have a couple things I, I made note of. Um, one of them was that when he was, interviewed after being rescued he said he was rescued by superman not supergirl that's true, when yeah. supergirl was the one who rescued him uh-huh. and i i get like maybe superman like was like helped distract reactron a little bit but for the most part he should have been gotten he should have gotten away before mm-hmm. uh superman arrived so that 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 made me feel like maybe he's got something against supergirl um mm-hmm. in general 
Um, I don't know exactly what that would be, but uh, that, that, that could be it as well. Uh, the other thing is that uh, he doesn't... Uh, so it's established in the episode by Jimmy uh, in this canon that Reactron and Superman have fought multiple times. Mm-hmm. They've almost killed each other multiple times, and Reactron's almost killed Be- Superman you know, standalone at least once. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that would have been in the news. And Maxwell had no issue going with that guy. Yeah. And that tips me into the favor of that. Maybe he's trying to get either upper hand against, you know, Superman and Supergirl potential alien threat through a, like a private point of view, mm-hmm. or that maybe he just, you know, I, I don't know. It just felt, felt weird. So maybe he uh, this is the, he will become the Lex Luthor of the series where he's trying to figure out how to take down Supergirl and Superman so that he can have world domination. And, yeah, either world domination or just a world without you know world without, world without them. Yeah. Um. So someone to keep an eye on. Does he pop up in future episodes? He is in future episodes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to like put this as as much as I can. And from episode two, because mm-hmm. you know, as I've mentioned before, I've seen the entire season. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he does pop up more often. Gotcha. Um, and that that I don't think this is a spoiler, but I do think that they're going from like there is some history with him and Cat. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and speaking of Cat, uh, the other thing that got me in this episode was that there was a like she wrote the expose about Supergirl. Mm-hmm. That was, for lack of a better word, catty towards her. Yeah. Um, which is weird for two reasons. One, she essentially created Supergirl in the sense that she gave her the name. Mm-hmm. And two, I just feel like having that, or I guess it's really the same point, having that creation, having that t- tied to her name, you think that she wouldn't want to be as critical. Um, but now that I'm saying that out loud, I, it kind of makes sense that she probably would want to also be critical because... The Daily Planet. She's always accused of being hyper hyped up on Superman, just like being pro Superman and, and being essentially, you know, his his his, his cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, just I'm thinking this out loud now, but it, it feels like I actually get I have now more respect for Cat Grant because she was critical. I don't think she was necessarily critical in the right ways, mm-hmm. but she was trying to be critical in her thoughts on Supergirl. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I would, yeah, it's, and I, and I wonder if it's getting back to that, that power, like that, that thirst for power and Cat Grant, Supergirl has something that Cat Grant can't have. She mm-hmm. can't buy it. She can't, uh, inherit it and she can't, uh, you know, fall into it. it it's, and so she has a, a little bit of jealousy towards Supergirl. So she of course tries to make it. She tries to make herself superior in the only way that she knows how by writing a sort of a caddy art. And she is a great writer. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that is established in the series. Yeah. So I could see that being like her using her superpowers against Supergirl in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, because we talked about before, there is that power dynamic. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, Supergirl is obviously more powerful than Cat Grant. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I'm... They definitely do have more interactions, and I, I'd like to. I want to look at those through a new lens again, or a, a revisited lens, mm-hmm. um, because there are a few moments where it's like, "Whoa, this is uh, this is interesting." Where this is going? Yeah. Um, I think the final thing I want to bring up about this episode, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you might have some more stuff, but we've gone. Have we seen Hank Henshaw's eyes turn red in each episode so far? 
I feel like we have. Yeah, the only um, we might have missed it in episode two since we were cutting up so much, but <laughs> it, it was definitely an episode two because I remember I remember two. thinking about that. Yeah. I was like, okay, they're just. I I don't <laughs> I, I get that like it's an episodic TV. It's a serial TV show in the the sense there's one underlying story, mm-hmm. but it's episodic in the sense like you know they're trying to get new people in every week, mm-hmm. but it gets a little annoying that they keep doing that. Yeah. It's like, okay, we get it. He's an alien. Maybe do it every, like, three episodes. Right, right. You know? Um, and it just, it just seems weird. I can see that, yeah, where his eyes just light up and it's like, okay, you know, what's going on here? Yeah. What's the thing? So, that makes me to wonder if he's Martian Manhunter because, but I don't know because um, I know John Jones has yet to show up and, however, one of the big characteristics of Martian Manhunter is glowing red eyes and I think I might have brought this up. I can't remember if I did or not, but... Um, and of course, you know Hank Henshaw fits the bill, fits the profile of John Jones. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, definitely possible that they could be mixing things around, especially since I don't think they're going to be using Hank Henshaw's intended purpose of being the robotic Superman. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> never know. Yeah. Maybe he's maybe instead of like alien, he could be robotic inside. <laughs> And he's just, it's actually not him revealing to the audience that he has, he, he has red eyes. It's just that every like 24 to 72 hours, he has to re, like flash his red eyes to like escape some radiation. So his systems don't overload. No, his red eyes show that he, he's, he's low on battery. He yeah. <laughs> he plugs in his lightning port. Good to go for another week. Hank Henshaw, part man, part T800. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so a couple of things that I, that I thought, um, so I, I liked how they included the Superman watch that Superman gave to Jimmy. Oh yeah. I, I thought that was a really good nod to the comic books and just something that shows that, you know, you can have fun with comic books. Not everything has to be written off, written off in gritty realism, you know, so have some fun. And- yeah. And that, uh, I think that's one of those things that is pretty realistic too, especially now. I mean, wearing an Apple watch, so right, I mean, yeah, yeah. Y- you could do that and you know, Kryptonian technology, whatever, I guess, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So definitely plausible. You know, I, that's all I got to say. Well, I put on this watch and it sends out a, a signal that only this Kryptonian can hear. Yeah. And every dog in the city. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to say, I felt the iciness of when, when we met, when we meet Lucy Lane mm. after uh car was on her way to profess her love to Jimmy, more or less. I, yeah. I was just like, Ooh, that's, that's harsh. So, and, and, you know, it was almost like you could instantly tell that there's going to be some friction going down between them. Mm. Uh, How, like first thoughts on Lucy? Um, I'm not sure because I never really uh, t- um, met her in the comic books. And, of course, she's never she was never in. Uh, I don't know if she was in Smallville. But, yeah, I don't know too much on Lucy. But. I hope she's not a journalist <laughs> because she's too hot to be a journalist. She's like supermodel <laughs> hot compared to, <laughs> compared to, uh, to, to Kara. So, um, and that's not trying to say anything bad, but that's just a, an honest comparison. I mean, she just kind of looks. Yeah. It's, I think it's a different, it's, I hate saying apples to oranges, but yeah. I, in a way, like, like we said earlier, like you, you have a, uh, uh, girl next door versus, you know, 
I guess, like, as you said, a supermodel, you mm-hmm. know, so it's a different, they're both very attractive. They're attractive in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Helping you dig out of that hole a little bit. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> I have a tendency to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. So like I said, it's definitely icy, but I'm, I'm rooting for Kara in this. So one thing I did uh, just think of as well, what did you think about Superman's appearance on the show? Um, I thought it was interesting to say the least. Um, I mean, we, we do, we're approaching this and you're approaching this under the knowledge Superman wasn't cast in the show, like, like fully cast in yeah. the show until season two yeah. when they went to the CW. So you, you have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Like, like that you don't really get to see all of Superman, especially in this episode and even the first episode where yeah. he rips the pot open. Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, that's something that you. Yeah, that's that's. I guess that's a little tough to put in words. Um, it's it is a little frustrating because you would that they played it off that you know Supergirl passed out, she fainted, so Clark Kent brought her to safety yeah. and then flew off. But yeah, it's almost like the the season finale of Smallville where you just see. Superman, you finally see Clark Kent and Superman, but you just see like the back of them. You don't really see full on Superman. And I think, I don't know if that's something that, that, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why CBS and the CW waited so long to cast Superman, but, um, yeah. I mean, it is funny that you would cast an actor to be Superman in a really minimal role. Like, yeah. he, he does, like, he doesn't play that big of a role in this series, and it's done for a reason. I mean, this episode, in a way, kind of addresses that. Like, do you really want Superman to, like, fly in and rescue her every time, you know, she needs help? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, you know, I, I understand, like, uh, the logic from behind it. But it's also weird that they waited until season two to cast him. Yeah. And I get that, okay, there's a... Superman's probably going to make more of an appearance. But it's, it's, it is a little weird. I wonder if they're trying to do it to boost ratings, too. Because in the first season, they're like, well, you know, we'll... Uh, we won't put Superman in this in this show, and then you know the ratings for Super Supergirl weren't that spectacular. So now they're like, well, we need to put Superman in here to yeah. to, to uh, boost the ratings. I mean, with Super, I mean, she had good ratings if she were on CW, but yeah. she didn't have good CBS ratings. I mean, yeah. CBS is the you know number one. network, yeah, the number one network. They have, they're running NCIS that gets still twenty million viewers. So and Big Bang Theory that gets I think just the same. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a different. It's a different uh, different number for everybody. But, yeah, it's one of those weird things. Um, but, yeah, I guess uh, we'll uh, catch up next on the next episode then. Yeah. And one more thing. I just yeah. I, know, I know we were joking around about this, but I just want to bring this to the podcast. Perd happily making an appearance. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> as, as a newscaster of all things. And, you uh, caught me off guard when you called that out because I was yeah. just like – I was just watching the show. I was like, oh, it's just another, you know – regular tv anchor and like pretty happily i was like what what <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so i i want to see more of purd and and definitely want to see the segments you know like you heard with purd and <laughs> i that would just be so funny for supergirl to be on you heard with purd <laughs> i mean i i think i could envision a world where leslie nope and supergirl could meet oh that would be <laughs> I, leslie nope would just be like she would just fangirl out yeah she would just be like so, so uh, how can we get... Uh, it's like when she meets Joe Biden. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I could just, yeah, just imagine. So, so Supergirl, we could really use your talents here in DC. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I could just imagine a Parks and Rec crossover, and it would just be so funny to see Andy Dwyer meet up with Supergirl or something. <laughs> that would be interesting. So, Supergirl, can I punch you? <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm just thinking of, like, Chris Pratt now play like meeting Supergirl. Right. <laughs> Just like the meta crossover would be worth it. <laughs> then could you imagine Ron Swanson? <laughs> you're super and you're a girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my worst Ron Swanson impression ever. <laughs> well, I thought that was pretty spot on. You know, <laughs> you know well, that's pretty it. much what yeah. you would say, you know. <laughs> I don't need to know her name. I don't know, need to know her secret identity because that's... What makes America great? <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that I think my dad might be Ron Swanson. <laughs> he is a man of, of those few words. He would say something just like that, meaning Superman, Supergirl, or whomever. <laughs> so you're a captain, and you're you're of America. You're Captain America. Okay, thanks. I like you, son. <laughs> <laughs> um, so going from Supergirl to uh, to some bad news, I I, I don't really have a, a good segue for this. Mm-hmm. Um. Aside from, maybe it's not bad news. Maybe it's good news. Maybe it's realizing that you can, you do have an endpoint because that is something that 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 uh, Adam Reed said. But mm-hmm. Adam Reed announced that uh, at at the end of season ten, that will be the last season of Archer. Um, pretty much his his logic was that like at, initially he was just going to end it at season eight. So uh, mm-hmm. season seven ended on a pretty big cliffhanger. I don't know if you've caught up on on no, it, so I, I won't spoil it for you. Season seven ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Um. Maybe season eight will address it. Who really knows? Because you know Archer jumps all over the place. Yeah. Um. And he said that at the end of season eight, that would be it. But then, like after you know working on that, he realized like, okay, he's got enough for three seasons. Mm-hmm. So season eight, nine, ten, then it'll be done. Um. And he wants to wrap it out. And I, I actually like that. You know, he's comfortable saying that. Um. The 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 internet at large is also like, you know, okay, fine. Let's, you know, end it on a good note as opposed to right. dragging it out over 20 or 30 seasons. Yeah. Um, I realized that sound, it really pointed to the Simpsons and I get that the Simpsons had some bad seasons, but it also had a lot of great seasons too. So yeah, no, I totally agree. And you don't with a show like Archer where literally every line is quotable. You don't want to jump the shark on the show. Yeah. There's, there's so much reverence and respect for the show. And I mean, it's such, it's the craziest show. They start out as spies, then they sell cocaine, mm-hmm. then they, then they do, uh, they become privatized. They become privatized. I mean, this show has literally reinvented and rebooted itself so many times and it's even funnier each time. I mean, they go into space, they go underwater, they go in a man's body yeah, like, <laughs> in a very non-sexual way for a show about everything is is sexual phrasing. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, this show is just all over the place and it's, and it's freaking hilarious. And I, and I respect Adam Reed, you know, that, that he, that he sees that there, that it's time to end the show and does it suck? Yeah. I think what's worse for me is that each season's only going to be eight episodes yeah. compared to the 10 to 11, but that just shows me that, he, that Adam Reed is committed to quality work. And, and I know that these shows, I, I read it back in season two, they said it takes a month to make each show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if technology has, has allowed that to speed up the process or not, but I know these shows are definitely, definitely difficult to make, 
but uh, you know, it's I, I I definitely think that they'll go out on a high note, and you know, it's, it's ten seasons. You know, that's I think that's a really good accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, most shows only last up until seven seasons. This is getting eight, nine, and ten, so that's that's impressive in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm still. I really wish FX would have picked up Cassius and Clay, um, yeah. which was a it wasn't a spinoff show, but it was a a show by uh, Adam Reed that was based in Apocalypse. Um, every time we talk about Archer, I will talk about this show. Okay, because I, I I loved the idea, the premise of the show, like two women just like driving across the the apocalyptic uh, the wasteland essentially, and you know what their lives are. But it was like from the creators of archer and like the 15 minutes you can find online of it was pretty good yeah. it may have not been 15 minutes it seemed like it was 15 minutes but yeah. whatever um <clears throat> so i you know at the end of this i hope to see what he does next yeah um because yeah archer is honestly like you said it's it's everything's quotable it's it's iconic essentially mm-hmm. um and honestly I, I i can't think of as a as a person who loves the simpsons i'm not Definitely not a Simpsons fanatic, mm-hmm. but as a you know person who loves the Simpsons, I, I I will say this with no qualms in saying that this is probably like I would say the top three animated shows in my list. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh I, yeah, I love Archer, Rick and Morty. Yeah, these are just Futurama. I think that would be my top three: Futurama, Archer, Rick and Morty, right yeah. there. Um, and it's just because the humor on these shows is just so smart and quipped, mm-hmm. and they really like. The thing about Archer is the not only just the writing style, but the editing, where they say a line. They'll finish a line, and it picks up another character saying it yeah. in another location. Yeah. And it's just... It's, it's like butter. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. They just... And the, the camaraderie and the and the chemistry between the voice cast, I mean, it's... It's just it's a it's a perfect storm of a show, and uh, and even though like you know like they 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 tackle some some pretty racy things and things that would be considered politically incorrect, mm-hmm. it's all in jest and it's yeah. all funny because they make fun of everybody. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the things that the show's definitely. I don't want to say gotten away with in the negative sense. I think it's something that it it does well, mm-hmm. and that it 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 acts as your court gesture and is like. This is all the fucked up shit going yeah, on right, in the world, right. and we're gonna like you know point everything out. Um, yeah, honestly, th- oh, I'm not gonna say it like that. Um, the switch from the comp from the organization going from ISIS to being working with the CIA, mm-hmm. um, there were obvious reasons why that had to happen. Of course. Um, FX apparently lost a lot of money on that happening. Yeah. Um, so. I, but I think that's actually where the show, for me, uh-huh. it actually picked up some steam because it felt like with seasons, season three and four, it started to lose a little something. Yeah, it lost yeah. that little a little bit of the edge. But season five came in, or was it season or season yeah. six came in with Archer Vice? No, season five. Yeah, season five. Thanks. Yeah. It came in and like just ran with it. Yeah, and it was hilarious. And then the the Private Eye season, like it's been fantastic as well. Like. Mm-hmm. there were animation scenes in that season that like I will just look at the gifs and just like gobsmacked and was like how beautiful it is <laughs> I know yeah um, but the humor is still on point like everything is still there like mm. but uh, yeah I'm glad I'm glad that they're ending on a high note and you know what's great about Archer that show is so before Bob's Burgers came along H. John Benjamin <laughs> was Archer to me and my yeah. wife loves we watch Bob's Burgers every week and I wish she would get into Archer but she just I don't know if the humor is a little too crass for her or, or what. But um, when we, uh, uh, I love that that Archer at one point literally 
was Bob yeah. for Bob's Burgers. And he, <laughs> that was fantastic. It, it was so funny how it was written. He was like, I don't know how long I've been here. Like <laughs> <laughs> When he was uh, at the end of season, I think it was the season three that that happened. Yeah. Yeah, season three. Yeah. Season three that that happened where it was after it was after um, they w- went into space and, and Archer was, uh, yeah, he totally became, he was an amnesic and he picked up his life as Bob and uh, he didn't, and these agents came in and he suddenly remembered everything he knew. He remembered Russian. I mean, that's just the, this, the incredible, like, like part of the show where I know that Bob's Burgers and Archer are owned by the same network. Uh, but just the fact that they went and did, and they not only did that segment of Bob's Burgers, but they actually brought in, then they brought in uh, Kristen Shaw and and Eugene Merman, uh, Merman, yeah, to um, to voice characters on the show yeah. as well. And I'm just waiting for Dan Mintz to get his own <laughs> because I love Dan Mintz as the voice of Tina. And it, it's funny that Dan Mintz is the voice of Tina, just yeah. because like I I assume that. Tina was a, acted by a woman when I like for the first three seasons I watched that show. Too. And you know Linda's voiced by a man as yeah. well. Yeah, actually, Christian Shaw is like the only like woman, woman on that show. <laughs> yeah, I, I I guess like with Archer ending, we still have Bob's Burger on the air, Bob's Burger on the air, and uh, so yeah I, I, yeah, I guess we'll have some somewhere to go. We'll yeah. have a refuge of our post Archer lives. But we won't be getting sploosh and phrasing and. <laughs> True, but like Bob's Burgers is is its nice little like quirky show in it itself. Is, it is. It's kind of like the freaks and geeks that survived. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's good way to. Put. Yeah, my wife and I will quote. We love Tina. Tina's our favorite, and we'll quote Tina all day long. And yeah, Tina is the best. Yeah, <laughs> she is the best. Her love of horses and oh, oh man, I got to tell you this. So funny. So um, my my wife's grandma. Um, you know they're from Idaho, and so they're like farmers and stuff. They got they got our daughter Harley. They got her this onesie that has a horse on it, and it says like something like majestic and beautiful. And it's from it's it's from um, Carhartt. It's a Carhartt onesie that okay. says, and it has a picture of a horse, and it says majestic <laughs> and beautiful. And I was like, Jess, you know what this onesie is missing? A picture of Tina. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, we need to iron on, get an iron on, and put a picture of Tina on this onesie. I was about to say, you need to get an iron on, and just like, bam, right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, if you want Reddit karma, that's how you get Reddit karma. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Archer, <laughs> right on. All right, well, um, yeah. So now that we had a eulogy three years early for Archer, um, <laughs> and and things to look forward to, uh, Dan, what have you been earning out to? I actually had some free time and, and I owed myself to it. I said, I need to do this. And I started watching episodes one and two of Stranger Things. And I'm I'm hooked. I, I normally don't like to hop, to hop on the hype train. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> I, I, no, that's my job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that is your job. <laughs> um, but I mean, it was... The, the first two episodes are... They're really good. They're really well-crafted. Um, and it's definitely not the kind of show that you would that, that you would think, but I think something for me is the characters on the show, even though they're kids, they're just so rela- relatable, <laughs> and I think they're just so good of actors. So um, yeah, I, that's that's one thing I've been nerding out on, and um, TV wise, and actually, if I can just say music wise, um, I've been since I've been driving back and forth to Greensboro a lot as as I start my job next week. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I've talked about Childish Gambino um, 
I think he's 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 been a really uh, his stuff is really good. Yeah, especially seeing his um, Donald Glover and you know being on Community and stuff. It's it's almost it's amazing. I think we brought up this before. It's it's amazing how he writes comedy, performs comedy, and he's a really good rapper. And yeah. I want to watch Atlanta, but I haven't had time to watch Atlanta. Oh, that's on. I it's not on like printed out on the list, but I've got that on my my nerding out list too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely like um, yeah, Childish Gambino and. Um, and G Easy are some of my uh, two two artists nice. that I'm listening to right now. Nice. Excuse me, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, I have uh, I have picked up my 3ds. I have recharged it, and I have started playing with that again. Um, I beat the original Super Mario Brothers, which is um, something I actually never did as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that felt good to do. Um, and then I started playing Super Mario Brothers. It came out in 2006. Um, which is similar is from from my perspective, it seems like a rehash of Super Mario Brothers, um, the original, and then a little bit of Super Mario Brothers three, and a little bit of uh, Super Mario Brothers for SNES without Yoshi. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just some hint, like it's it's a nice blend of all of those things. Yeah. Um, and I've really enjoyed that. It's it's really frustrating from time to time, but it's really fun to play too. So nice. it's it's a nice like I've got like five minutes. Let me go play a, a level. Yeah. One thing that I do find weird though. Um, Outside after, I never played Mario for from '64 until Wii. Mm-hmm. And one thing that's weird, and maybe this is because I'm old or whatnot, um, I'm not that old, but whatever. <laughs> um, it's so easy to get lives in the new games. It's yeah. so easy to like get. I I currently have 83 lives. Oh jeez. Exactly. It's you do one thing and you get like three magic mushrooms or, or, or yeah. like a life mushrooms. So. Or one up mushroom, so it, it's it's really weird on that aspect, and mm-hmm. it, it it seems like a life inflation for some reason. Um, <laughs> Too many young kids playing it. Maybe I, I I'm not gonna pull that card because like when we played that, like when we played as as kids, like we were we were young kids playing that. Stuff, yeah, where our, our parents had to like you know go play with the fires in the wood because you know, <laughs> or in, in the yard because that's all they had for video games. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I started watching Luke Cage. Um, Matthew talked about. It. I know he talked about it with you before we started recording. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed episodes one and two. Um, I think the characters, the side characters are very fleshed out, which is something I've been making comparisons to shield because I'm watching actually shields. Another thing I need to add, but mm-hmm. shield is, you know, I've been making comparisons with that because that's you know ABC production. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and daredevil. Luke Cage's like side characters are really fleshed out, just like the other shows, except for Shield. And I really like that about Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, and just you know, honestly, like I'm I'm gonna go there on this, but it's nice to have a show with people of color as the main focus, and mm-hmm. people of color who aren't just like two dim- like one dimensional characters. They're you know they have different machinations, they have different reasons to do X, Y, or Z. Um, you know, you have cop shows where you, you might have like you've got Ice T playing, you know, <laughs> playing on there, and like he's your one in depth like uh, character of color. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you might have just like the one dimensional criminal in the episode. Yeah. Um. So it's nice to have that that flushed out. Um. It's it's something that TV really has never really had. Yeah. Um. So it's nice. I think you know it's funny when you were saying that. Um. I think it, that. The, the thing that Mar- that Netflix and Marvel have the opportunity for is the ty- so the ty- these these shows they attract a different type of audience I think than the Agents of Shield does mm-hmm. because these shows attract a more hardcore 
comic book aware audience, not just a casual audience that tries to stay on the loop uh, that the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. attracts. So I think because of that, they're able to do these slow burn, Breaking Bad, The Wire type episodes. And, uh, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is really like a lot of in-your-face confetti action yeah. and, uh, and, you know, just trying to, trying to really grab viewers. And so they don't have the, they don't have the opportunity to really um, develop their characters because they need to make sure that they're meeting their ratings quota and this and that. Whereas net, being on Netflix, that, uh, I guess they don't, I don't think they have the same uh, ratings demand to meet every week that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does. So they really have the time to and, and to crap and they're and they're shorter seasons too. They're ten episodes. Yeah, I, so. I think that's I think that's uh, the the best point you can make about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the things that's been that went on through my head. Like two episodes in, mm-hmm. you get that because you you get to distill a lot of writing into like ten episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's again we've talked about this before, but it's another reason why I love British British dramas in general or British mm-hmm. TV in general because you have six to twelve episodes. I mean, twelve episodes in Britain is. A long season mm-hmm. um and i i just like that about netflix they they say you know we don't need to like spread it out over a year and maybe we can get tv to the point where it does you know we're only going to do 12 episodes for a season and that's going to be okay it's not uh, a discredit to that show or anything mm-hmm. it's just saying hey let's give you 12 episodes make those like the best 12 episodes you can write and go from there yeah um I I, I I I doubt you probably watch like How to Get Away with Murder or, or Scandal, but like mm-hmm. they the first season of Scandal they did that where it was like eight episodes or twelve episodes, um, and the same with How to Get Away with Murder. And I think those were actually the best seasons because they were distilled. Yeah. Um, and you you see like when they expanded those plots out, they've gotten kind of loose in the storyline and everything. Yeah. Um, and I think they're getting back to the point where they're actually shrinking them back down. So I, I think that's a good thing because. You gotta edit. Yeah, you know, you gotta edit things. If you don't edit, then it's not gonna be to its potential. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Um, well, on that note, I mean, as usual, you can follow me on Twitter at k e n g e or at facebook.com slash kenji. What about you, Dan? As usual, you can find me on at Twitter at d at dan b r i c k e s and facebook.com slash dan dot b r i c k s. And uh, as always, Nerding Casually is recorded at Glenmore Station in Raleigh, North Carolina. The show is edited and produced by Matthew Moore. And you can find his work at swiftobjectives.com. Until next time, true believers, keep nerding out.